0: Welcome to Deal Closers with Annette Talie, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talie.
1: Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Tali. I am very excited today because I have Carl Supercrop and Mike Van. Join me today from Trident Multifamily. Welcome, guys.
2: Hi, Thank Nick. you very much. Glad to be here.
1: Uh, Trident Multifamily has successfully completed the acquisition of a 100-unit multifamily community, Prairie uh, Village's apartments, and that's in Tulsa, and also recently completed an acquisition for 174 units in Tulsa, Oklahoma also. In November 2019 so we I'm very excited to have you today so tell me a little bit about yourself let's start with Carl
0: well hi yes thanks Annette great to uh, be on the show and um, I live in Dallas Fort Worth um, originally from South Africa so that's why I do not have the uh, Texas Texas uh, accent yet um, I've been coming back and forth to uh, Dallas since 2012 eventually uh, immigrated here in 2015 and uh that was after the sale of my business in South Africa I had already started in real estate over there um but once I moved over here um got active and uh uh very fortunate that my wife has been in the apartment industry for close on 20 years so uh uh it, it really um is something i chose to to focus on mm-hmm. so yep now live in in uh, dallas fort worth and uh, full-time apartment syndicator
1: awesome and what why did you decide texas
0: well that's where my wife was based um so yeah i i came over for a uh a holiday and uh, we met and uh yeah that's just how, how well, that's it played out that,
1: <laughs> yeah. that's why we're in south florida my husband was Going to school here. He's from uh, he's from Florida, but he's five hours north, and so he met me in school, and then he stayed down here. <laughs> and I'm from Peru, and I came to study here, and I ended up staying here too. So,
0: yep. Nice.
1: So, Mike, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank
2: you, uh, Mike Van. I actually live in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, Carl and I and Rodney, our third partner, uh, who lives in Oklahoma City. Uh, we've been together for about. Uh, a little over two years now. We met a couple, of two, a little over two years ago, uh, at a, an apartment mentorship program, and uh, decided to pursue deals together. Uh, we had had done a deal earlier in the year in March, our first deal we we did together, um, and then we decided to form Trident Multifamily and pursue everything going forward under that brand. Each of us have had uh, been in parts of other syndications. Uh, I myself have been in. In uh, five uh, syndications now, totaling about a thousand units, and uh, but we've just done two under the Trident Multifamily uh, brand. So, but um, but I've been investing in real estate for uh, oh, f- between fifteen and tw- almost twenty years now, and have done all kinds of stuff from flips, buy and holds, lease options, bought some small multifamily, some small apartment complexes, did all that stuff on my own uh, before I started looking into to uh, syndications, and that's where I met these two gentlemen. And uh, and then, like I said, this is the path we're taking forward. And uh, our third partner, Rodney, he's not able to join us today, but he has actually been investing in real estate uh, almost as long as I have, uh, and used to own a Homebester franchise and did a, a just a ton of transactions there, probably over 200 transactions. Still has a, about 100 home uh, portfolio of single family homes. And, and then he's also been in other, other uh, syndications as well. But uh, that's a little bit about him in a nutshell, but he's a lifelong entrepreneur. And uh, now he's, uh, he owns some medical clinics as well as uh, doing apartment syndication. And so we're pretty much full time in this for the most part.
1: That's incredible, you know uh, that's one of my goals for this year is to find a partner, and I keep hearing this recurring story that you meet them at the conferences where where you go, because this is the people that are kind of resonating with you, and they are kind of on the same path and doing what you want to do. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did yeah. you
1: I think I heard that you first pursued one project together but not really in the same company, and then you decided to form a company together?
2: Right, right. Yeah. And I would highly suggest that. I mean, to, to not just jump in with someone you meet for the first time, um, you need to work together uh, on a project separately um, to see you know, to see if you, if you have the synergy, uh, you know, uh, see how you're going to get along when the pressure's on. I mean, things are completely different whenever you're sitting there at a conference having a beer versus when you're in the heat of a deal. You know, there's a time crunch. There's lots of pressure. You're raising, you know, millions of dollars. Um, you have delegated um, tasks for each person in the in the group, uh, and so by going through that together and seeing kind of how the how the partnership, you know, either melds or breaks apart during that process, uh, something I would highly suggest before ever forming something formally. And we did that on our first deal look back afterwards and said, hey, this is this is gonna work. So we decided to go all in together and and uh, put all our chips in and, and pursue things as try to multifamily going forward.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way to go because you wanna see how people react when when something doesn't go the way it's supposed to be. Absolutely. You know, and be able to to test it's like a test before you, you jump in mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah. Correct.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: The deal. All right. So, what uh, project are we going to talk about today? Tell me about the deal.
2: So, the deal we're going to focus on today is the most recent one. Uh, it is Stratford and Brownstone. It's a two-property portfolio uh, consisting of 174 units total. Uh, Stratford's 102, Brownstone is 72. They're located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, they're adja- almost adjacent to each other, just across the highway from each other. So they're operated as one uh, as one portfolio as far as um, economies of scale goes. Uh, but it was, uh, like I said, our second syndication that we've done together, um, and just closed that. It is a value add uh, C-class deal uh, that is in a B to B minus area. So we felt there was a lot of potential there to kind of transition the the property um, more to be in line with the area that it's located in.
1: All right. So much info. So can you explain to the people that don't know what do you mean by value-add property?
0: Carl, let me take that. Sure. So it is an older property. In fact, they're both pretty similar in age uh built in the 60s um well maintained in terms of um no real deferred maintenance so it doesn't doesn't look um uh you know dated the, the seller had kept it up to date however um he had kept it as is um so there's ton of room for improvement from just updating um, light fixtures uh, flooring um, cabinet hardware uh just just bringing the apartments to be a little bit more modern um then you know i think some of them we're busy replacing appliances there's probably 20 year old uh fridges and and ranges you know Mm -hmm. so so we're replacing all of that so by adding value uh we're basically doing a lot of uh capital expenditure a lot of improvements to the property which um is supported by higher rents in in the area. So we've had a look around and uh, various communities around us have done the improvements and are getting better rents. So that is what we intend to follow is uh, do the similar improvements and then obtain the uh, similar uh, rents to what uh, comparables are getting in the market.
2: Right, we didn't go into it blind. We're following a proven concept in the market.
1: Okay, so you are basically taking a property that is not in a bad condition, but that it's outdated. Correct. So it's like the old, and then you're making it nice and beautiful where people wanna are willing to pay more money for it. Correct, rent. yes. Excellent. Yes. All right, how did you find this property, these two properties?
0: So it was actually marketed, it was marketed as one deal. And it was marketed by a headline brokerage um but the broker was out of state and um as part of a, a big drive for trident um we started contacting brokers we had a big uh, uh task between the three of us i think we had a, a certain number of brokers we all needed to to call each week just to work on our deal flow uh, and this is one that came through and um uh, yeah we just uh continued to entertain the uh, the uh, broker and uh, got further and further uh, along, but yeah, it was on market deal um, but
1: so it was it, it was one that was on the market but but you still you, you knew him from reaching out to people
0: correct correct yes yeah. so it, it wasn't it wasn 't on you know loopnet or you know one of those online platforms. Um, we got it because we had connected with the broker.
2: Right, and Carl makes it seem a little easier than it was. It actually was a very <laughs> elongated process. It took us, what, nine months actually, Carl, to to get to our LOI. Um, yes. it, it, was on, it was on the market, then it was off the market, then the seller wanted to sell it, and then he didn't want to sell it. Uh, and so there was a lot of back and forth before we even got to where we're gonna, where we're gonna submit an LOI.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and so, so what was the initial listing price for, for the properties?
0: The initial listing price was $9 million.
1: Okay. All right, so now this you were talking a little bit about my next question, which is how did you negotiate this deal?
0: So the interesting thing was that uh, the seller was self-managing and he had owned this for... Since okay, 96. Yeah, so about 20, 23 years self-managing... Um, and we found out during due diligence that one of uh, he actually got a corporate lease over the properties from one oil and gas company. So for about ten years of his ownership, he had one rent check coming in from a uh, an oil and gas company, and basically just there wasn't much leasing activity. There wasn't. Uh, uh, I want to say he, he, he. They coasted. Yeah, he had a real good deal. Uh, you know, he didn't have to do improvements to the property to attract residents. He had, a, you know, the oil and gas guys would just send them residents and pay the, pay the bill, whether it was, you know, 10 occupants or 200 occupants. So um, uh, with it being self-managed, um, it really, it, 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 it was interesting um, just trying to put all the pieces together. Um, the expectation of um uh, what he wanted being that nine million um to what was really there um we just we just couldn 't get on get to his number so um that 's why Mike was saying that the process took so long is the seller was is aware um of the value add he knows what the the market 's doing he 's local um and we just couldn 't get to his number. So he kept he pulled it off the market and said, uh you know he's going to do the upgrades, and he's gonna uh you know get realize the value and we can come back and and get it from him in eighteen months or two years or uh however long it took him and um we just kept sort of entertaining every now and then you know it went absolutely quiet we'd wait three weeks, phone the broker again and say, Well you know uh has the guy you know is the seller ready to sell yet?" Um, and, um, yeah, eventually we just, uh, uh, I think we got to a final point, um, where we said, all right, we're done. Um, and we walked away. Uh, and then it hadn't been about six, it was probably about four weeks later, the broker phoned us and said, all right, it's time to get the deal done. Like he's willing to accept.
1: So they were kind of pushing and pushing and pushing to see what else they could get until you were like, you know what, we're done and mm-hmm. you know, keep it. And they were mm-hmm. like, okay, well maybe we shouldn't lose this opportunity.
0: Exactly, right. yes.
1: Awesome. He knew
2: we were serious buyers and and so it's better to uh, to take the deal from someone he knows is gonna close than it is for them to risk the extra time on market. Um, and ended up up not, not getting the deal done so
1: right and probably the the um the broker was like working on the owner telling him like you, you're going to lose this you know like you better take it and right. sometimes it takes time for them to understand
0: and, right. and the broker wanted to get paid yes <laughs> towards <laughs> exactly. the he end to he would, the deal. yes to the, of the, time end. Of the deal as well exactly yeah,
2: yeah. and uh, so they finally came down to our price and it was uh we were able to get the deal
0: done
1: Right. Okay. So, how much you, did you end up offering?
0: We we closed the deal at eight million.
1: Oh, okay. Um, that's that's a big chunk. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. So, so tell me, how did you find fund the deal? Uh, did you use a lender, hard money investors? How did this uh, deal come together?
2: So we did. A, it's a syndication, and so uh, with this being such a heavy value add, uh, we're putting you know little. Little over two million dollars in capex into the project, and so because we wanted to get most of that funded from the lender itself, we did a bridge loan. Um, so we did a three-year, non-recourse, fixed-rate bridge loan, uh, and with two one-year extensions. So we we technically could have uh, five years um, before we had to refinance, but we figured. That with the proven concept in the market being as it is, uh, we could get the, the deal uh, rehabbed um, in 18 to 24 months, get it rehabbed, filled up at the, the higher rents, thus increasing our NOI and our value, and then put the, put the deal back on the market. So we're looking at this project. Most of our projects are based on a five-year hold. This is a three to four-year hold.
1: Okay, so meaning that in five years, you are going to sell it. Yes. That's, that's yes. the plan. This
2: one, We're, we're going to start marketing this one probably at the end of year two, uh, once we've gotten through the uh, rehab and, and have our leases uh, you know, back up to market uh, to where our pro forma rents are.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So what are your plans with the $2 million of of CapEx? What type of improvements are you doing to the property with this money?
2: Uh, that's a long list. Uh, mm-hmm. We're uh, going from as far as inside the units. Uh, most of the units had tile floors, so we're not really and the tile was in good shape, so we're not really doing much there. Um, where where there was a need for flooring, we are going to replace the flooring. Other than that, everything from the floor up will look and feel new to the tenants. Uh, we are doing, you know, all the cabinet boxes were good, so we're refacing the cabinets. Um, either resurfacing and replacing countertops, um, repainting everything, new light fixtures, new plumbing fixtures, new toilets, uh, which you know, water conservation was a big, a big part of this, uh, uh, capital improvements as well. We um, saw a big, a big opportunity for savings and, and uh, income increase there. Um,
1: so you not only looked at how to increase the rents, but how to lower the expenses.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, op- operational efficiencies as well as, uh, you know, improve and increase rent, improve the, the uh, um, amenities and, and uh, condition and increase rents. But, uh, but yeah, I and mean, we're doing everything even as far as um, the switches and outlets go. I mean, everything is going to look and feel new to the, to the residents when they come into it. We're also doing a lot of amenity uh, upgrades. You're re- redoing the clubhouses. Um, the pools, adding outdoor uh, lounge furniture, uh, grilling areas, outdoor kitchens, um, dog parks. Um. How um, how
1: do you define amenities? I was looking at this um, property that uh, it was a syndication and they were uh, adding, I don't remember what amenity it was, but I was like, oh, I don't think that's valuable to me. But you know i am assuming that you guys do like a survey or like how do you define what type of amenities to offer is it based on market study of what others are offering or or how do you define this
2: yes that's that's uh, a lot of it is based on what the market's calling for what your competitors are offering to their to their residents and also what they're not offering that we could so we look at we look for not only just to be the same as everyone else we want to actually find ways to um you know to Kind of step it up and be a step above uh, what our competition is doing. Um, you know, one of the things we're really excited about on this property is uh, in the laundry rooms. We're, we are doing uh, smart laundries. So everything will be app based, it will be cashless. Everything, all the residents can do everything right from their phone, from their smartphone. They'll be able to go in and see when the machine is available. Uh, when their laundry is done, they'll get a notification to, to go back down and check their laundry. Uh, when the machine's available, they'll be able to know that from their from their app. They'll be able to pay uh, right from their app. Um, to, That's awesome. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. And so, and this
1: is a third party service, right?
2: Yes. yes. So you
1: don't want to. You're not going to be managing when they are bad, when they don't work. So you are just nope. going to kind of split the the we're revenue gonna, of we're this.
2: We're going to get uh, an upfront payment for um, rehabs of the laundry rooms. Uh, we're also going to do an 80-20 split after a certain income metric is met, and um, that uh, is is really good.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good uh, considering that you are not investing any money, right? They are putting the machines, they are setting up the system, they are managing it, and then you're getting 20% of the revenue. Yeah, 80% I mean, of the revenue.
0: 80%. 80%. Yeah, exactly. 80-20 split. We get 80, they get 20 uh, after. What?
1: That's pretty good because I've heard of 50-50 mm-hmm. or 60-40. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 We negotiate pretty hard. Yes. <laughs> I
1: see that. I as you can that. tell
0: by the million dollar reduction off the uh,
2: asking price. Yeah. And uh, and then with the upfront payment we're going to get um, from the vendor, it's going to more than pay for the renovations we're going to do on the laundry rooms as well as far as you know, new paint, light fixtures, folding tables, all that stuff's going to cost us less than our upfront payments. So.
1: Excellent. And how, how, going a little bit away from the D, but how do you divide the responsibilities in your team? Like, you know, does each of you have a different role or do you all do the, everything, but, uh, you know, depending on who is available?
2: We, we each specialize a little bit in certain areas that we have our strengths in, but then we, there's a lot of overlap as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's important to kind of like complement each other, right?
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons, you know, like we said, from the first day we worked together on is uh, we found that we, we really did. We complemented each other well. We You know, you have to know everything to be able to oversee the project, um, but being able to specialize in the areas that you have the strengths in and let your partners do the same, it really makes for a smooth uh, smooth project.
1: Excellent. All right. And, and going back uh, to the bridge loan, I know, and you know, I don't, I wasn't familiar with it until last year. So tell us about, a little bit about the bridge loan. Is it interest only or is it interest and, and how does it work?
0: Girl. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's a, the, the first, uh, term is 36 months of interest only. Uh, it is actually a floating rate. Um, but we have got caps. So, uh, Basically, it's it's almost like an insurance that you purchase at the time of uh, uh, originating the loan. So it is capped. If the interest rates had to spike, we capped at a, a maximum interest rate. Um, so for the first 36 months, we were, we were interest only. Uh, we then, as Mike referenced, had, have two uh, one-year extensions. And in those extensions, uh, it, it will be principal and and interest that we start to to pay down, um, but yep, all all uh, going equal. You know, if we uh, within the first thirty six months, uh, either exit the deal or um, uh, refi into into some more permanent debt. But uh, we believe we should be done with our capex in about eighteen months. So give us another six months to stabilize the property. Uh, so really within a two-year period, we should uh, have, the, have the property positioned for uh, long-term debt or, or, or sale.
1: Yeah, that's excellent because, you know, if you are planning to, re, you know, to refi or uh, check in two years and you have, you know, the, the five years to work with, uh, you know, you have a pretty safe uh, uh, time frame where you can, you know, you are only paying interest only for 36 months. So it's like very cheap loan. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, right. We, we have a lot of runway there and we built in, um, you know, obviously in, in our uh, underwriting, we we looked at, um, you know, the interest only, but also too, if we do start paying principal and interest, depending on how the, how the economy goes, if there's a downturn, uh, we're well positioned to have um, refinance options into long-term debt as well.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So how much money did you have to put in? Like how much down payment and uh did you get investors this is a syndication so was it a, uh what type of syndication mm-hmm.
0: so it was a 506c uh syndication so we could could only do accredited or only accept accredited investors um and, and we could publicly solicit we really wanted to uh get our brand out there more than uh you know uh, i think we got a a handful of uh leads uh, for our next projects, which was was ultimately the the goal. Um, but most of the investors were um, people that we already had our pre-existing relationships with. Um, so it just goes to show, you know, the, the uh, building your investor database, you need to get it done before you get a deal. Uh, just because you market it nicely and put it up on Facebook does not mean you're going to get some guys to just, Come in and and uh, uh, you know you invest uh, and, their money exactly. So for us, we did it purely as a marketing exercise to get our brand out there without violating any uh, any laws. Uh, and then uh, the total we raised was um, just around two point five million, um, which included you know the down payment, um, some working capital for the property, working capital for the capex. Because um, although we get it funded. Um, the majority of it funded through the, the loan, it is on a draw system. So we, we extensively have to pay to get it done. And then it, uh, you know, we we. And it reimbursed. Draw. Correct. Um, so yeah, it was about uh, around 2.5 million is uh, the total that we had to raise.
1: Excellent. All right. So what's, uh, I, I you mentioned that refi, you're, you are going to refi or maybe sell. So what's your exit exceed- strategy are you planning to eventually sell it or to keep it what's your exit from this deal
2: yeah ideally after the uh, 18 months as carl mentioned um getting all the rehab done and another six months to stabilize the property we'll start marketing it for sale uh, at the end of year two and hopefully have it sold by the end of year three but if we do need to hold on to it we're well positioned to do so
1: Okay. So, but your idea is to because some people would like to refi and then keep it, but you know, your, mm-hmm. your position is to sell it and, and maybe do some other projects. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Wow. That, that I, I never thought of that as uh, a marketing exercise also for your company being new and to use this uh, syndication uh, to also build your brand. So that, that was genius. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know who came up with it. <laughs> it's the power of three. Exactly. We we come up with these ideas and never know who actually uh, originated it, but we've got right. an idea. Yeah. And
1: so and, and who found the, the broker? Whose contact was it?
0: Carls. Uh, that was mine.
1: Oh <laughs> kudos. Yeah, that's one of the things that it's uh, you know that, that I know I have to do, like reach out to 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 brokers, but it's kind of like scary to, you know, to to talk to them I'm used to I started with small uh, multifamily so I'm used to just doing the MLS and having my realtor talk to the realtor and uh, you know I started doing that and you know it, it's just uh, a new thing you you gotta mm-hmm. get out there and and, and keep doing yeah, you just
2: have to do it yeah.
0: yep at the and end of the day they, they
1: awesome results
0: yeah they want to sell properties right that's when they make the money so you know everyone builds up the hype of how to approach a broker really you know just Know what your know, know what your your parameters are. Know what you're looking for, and that's all you need. Um, if, yeah. if you
2: if you have the ability to take on a project like this, then you're going to know everything you need to know to talk to a broker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. But also having, like you said, having the the um, parameter of what you want because it's different trying to get a property, you know. 40 units versus 250 you know you're mm-hmm. you looking at two different beasts. Absolutely. You? So you know having the parameters it definitely um, helps for them to also look at you seriously like you know what you what you want and you know what you're doing because if you tell them I want anything in any market they're like right. <laughs> she's not yeah, serious.
2: you won't get anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, they don't they know that you have not done your research, you don't know your market because you just want anything. Right. So, right. Definitely to have your parameters. Tips. All right. So now we come to the part of the show where you guys are going to give me three tips.
0: Good. Well, um, we've touched on is number one. Um, and, and these all around the acquisition is know your numbers and know your market. Um, a big opportunity we identified on this project and probably the one which got us, uh, uh, or made us dig deeper to begin with was um, utility costs. So we've mentioned that utility conservation is a a part of our CapEx plan. Well, because we know the market, uh, we know that the average um, utility costs per unit for these, for this property was about 50 to 60% above the market. So Mm. we just, you know, knowing our numbers, we looked at it and thought there's an opportunity. So you need to be familiar with, with the market. Um, the second thing is, again, be confident and know your numbers. So when we had the, um, the, the, the listing come through at 9 million, we did our numbers and we got to, I think originally we were at about 8.3 million. Um, and I just spoke to the broker and said, you want nine, we can't get there. Like, we're at 8.3. Um, and I said that was contingent on uh, uh, more information because, like I said, it was self-managed. So um, we had to, uh, you know, verify a lot of the financial information that was, was being reported. Um, and they kept, you know, the broker tried to, uh, I'd say, wrestle us up a bit. and and we just stuck with our numbers. And as the information came through, we reduced our price and said, you know, if you want to sell it to us, we're now at 8 million. You don't have to sell it to us, you know, sell it to anyone else. But that that's where, that's where we're at. So number two is stick to your number. You know, it could have been so easy to get a deal and, you know, even at that 8.3 number, um, we could have got a deal, uh, and like I keep saying to everyone, is uh, getting a deal is is not difficult. All you got to do is overpay. Like <laughs> any, anyone can get a deal, but to get the deal that makes sense for you is you must stick to your numbers. Uh, and then the third, which we had mentioned earlier, is take your time and don't worry. Don't worry about walking away. Uh, this deal, I think, you know, realistically, we walked away from it probably four times and said, this is it, you know, and then we'd come back and this is it. And, and we'd come back. But, you know, eventually we, we, um, we drew a pretty hard line in the sand and just said, we're done. Um, And luckily enough, the, that same broker actually had another listing uh, that was of interest to us. So, Uh, we started pursuing that listing. And then I think he finally realized like, hang on, these guys, they're really done. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, yeah, that that second listing didn't work out. So uh, that's when they came back to us and said, okay, you guys actually are still looking for, you know, for other deals. Let's get this one done. Um, So, you know, know your numbers in your market stick to your numbers of your deal and, and don't be afraid to walk away. Um, yeah.
1: And, and I think that's so important because sometimes you are so willing to get that deal that you don't stick to your numbers, mm-hmm. right? And then you put yourself in a bad position where then you get it and the numbers don't work and, you know.
2: And worse, you put your investors in a bad position
1: especially Mm -hmm. in syndications when you have other people's money, you're risking other people's money. So that's so important. And I I agree with you stick to your Mm -hmm. numbers. I mean, for me that I invest my own money, you know, sometimes I'm also like, Oh, what if we do a little bit more? It's like, no, 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 it doesn't work there. So you have to stick to your numbers.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much guys for uh, joining me today and adding so much value and sharing your, uh, your deal with me. Um, it was uh, so much information. Uh, I'm really grateful to have you. Thank you.
2: You're very welcome. You. And if anyone wants to reach out to us, feel free to uh, go to our website, TridentMultifamily.com, uh, or you can email us at info@TridentMultifamily.com. At We'd be happy to help. Love talking real estate. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you go guys are up.
1: also on Facebook, right? So give Correct. your
2: uh, yes, yeah. Facebook and LinkedIn. So please connect.
1: Yes, please. Connect to them. They know what they are doing. So, you know, reach out. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This was Deal Closers with Annette Talley, brought to you by Talley Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.talleyinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.